This is Jeremy Beasley. You're listening to H10, Hanshin Tigers, English News. Thanks, bees. We are back with a fresh episode just for you, fellow Hanshin Tigers fan. That's right. We are Tigers fans just as much as you are. Maybe a little more so. Anyways, welcome to episode 193 on this chilly leap year, February 29th, 29th in Nishinomiya, Japan. I am the founder of H10 T-Ray and joining me in Hawaii from Hawaii is the Triple J Sanjay. Aloha, brother. Aloha, brother T-Ray. How's it? It is still February 28 over here. I still got another full day of February ahead of me. Uh, 24 degrees Celsius and life is A-OK when we're talking hunting tigers. Awesome. And same with me. Whenever we're talking HT, I'm in a good mood. So let's enjoy today's episode. Actually, um, it's been less than two weeks since the last episode. And the reason that we are coming to you right now is because I just got back yesterday, actually from Okinawa, where the Tigers were camping. And so I'm going to give you my fullest, my best camp report during the Woo-hoo! Hot Topic. Yes. Woo-hoo! Sanjay, you ready? I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. I'm so looking forward to listening to your stories. Come on. It's going to be fun. Uh, hopefully you can live vicariously through me as we get into the show. But right now, let's hit it up right away. It's time for some rumors and news. Rumors and news. So I say this, and I know that most of what we say here is going to connect to the hot topic as well, because all the rumors and news were about things that happened down in Okinawa, and that's what we're talking about later on. But let's look into a few of these, uh, just based on some of the articles that Sanjay and I have read over the past week or 10 days. And we'll start with our boy, Mayagawa, uh, 30 year old of high school, correct? That's right, Mayagawa. Mayagawa Ukyo, uh, he is a left-handed hitting and left-handed throwing outfielder. Looked really good in his limited time last year, but also has kind of been a little bit prone to the, uh, I don't know if it's growing pains, but injuries. But anyways, it has been said by our manager that he has got a legit shot at that opening day starting job in left field this year. Pretty good. Awesome. And it has to do with the fact that um, Sheldon Noisy is not doing that well. So... Right. You well, know, it's it's not like he's he, he earned it all on his own. It's not like Sheldon messed up. Right. But the opportunity's there. Right. And he's jumping at it. And here's an interesting thing about the Tigers and especially their history of drafting um high school graduates at positions as opposed to pitchers. Very few have success. Very few. So I was reading a book, and in that book they said, Do you know who the last um, Hanshin Tigers players are who reached the 500 career hit mark coming to the team out of high school. There's been only three in the past um, 40 years, we'll put it that way. I want to say it's someone like Hamanaka, no? He's one of them, yes. And then Shinjo is another. Shinjo, yeah. And then the most recent one would be Sekimoto. Right, okay. So they're drafted out okay. of high school. They got over the 500 hit mark. How far do we have to go back? to find someone who reached the thousand hit mark with the Tigers being drafted out of high school. How far? 
past my date of birth. So oh, as man. far as the draft date, Kakefu. Kakefu, yeah, is the last high school graduate drafted by the Tigers to get the thousand career hit mark. And you'd think, you know, with these guys being drafted younger, they would have a greater shot at reaching that thousand mark. But that's just how much of a dry spell the Tigers have as far as the draft and picking up those super young guys. And we have a ton of young guys in our system, man, out of high school. Like I was thinking about that I was, as I was at camp. I was like, man, we've got probably almost 10 guys uh, playing positions that were drafted yeah. from high school. Right now, none of them are regulars. Like if you look at the guys that were on the Nipponichi team that contributed big time, Mm -hmm. they were all drafted out of university or the industrial leagues industrial leagues yeah yeah and that's just how, how difficult it is to project at from the high school level you know it's such a crapshoot right yeah but you know you look at other teams and you see some teams really have uh, a good track record or maybe not percentage wise but i hate to mention the g's right off the top but Hay hayato Sa sakamoto and Kazuma Okamoto are both high school grads, superstars mm -hmm. on the team, position yeah. players, tons of hits. You look at the Swallows, and they've got Tetsuto Yamada and Munetaka Murakami, right? Also super True. studs straight out of high school. So, True. you know, I think it maybe depends on the team. It depends on part of it is the ballpark too, I think, right? You can't yeah. really ask for more hitter-friendly ballparks than those two. And when you're a high schooler and you're in a pitcher-friendly environment like the Tigers are in, it might be harder just to crack the roster because you don't have your body hasn't filled out the way the older guys had have, and that stands out more when you're not in a hitter's park. True, but that uh, apparently is starting to change, and that the high schoolers have way more developed uh, physically than in years past. So that might be the gap might be narrowing there. I sure hope it is, and maybe it starts with Maegawa. We're going to talk more about some of these players, um, probably the next episode or the one after when we start talking a little bit more about the Tigers and who's the projected starting lineup on opening day. But yeah, we've got guys that are fighting for those positions and I'm just waiting for one of them to come out and finally we'll be able to stop saying, you know, the last time we had a good high schooler come in and fill one of our positions <laughs> was the 20th century. Like enough, we need a 21st century guy to come in and do it. So here's to that, Maegawa. All right. Go, uh, go. So, as I said, uh, or did I, he was named co-MVP of spring training. And this is one of those things that I like to throw shade on because who cares? I don't care who Mr. February is on this team. And honestly, you know, come April, nobody else cares either. Yeah, but Okada has always asked this question and he has to have an answer. So, yes, you know, better to be selected and mentioned than not. Right. Right. So, so my guy got it as far as position players and as far as the pitchers go, it went to, uh, I think he's also third year I out of university, year, though. Yeah. And an, an Okinawa boy, right? And an Okinawa boy. Yeah. So he was playing fairly near his hometown. And that would be Hidetaka Okadome, uh, right handed side armor. And he'll be coming in out of the bullpen. He's not projected to be a starter, but. Apparently, this is the year that he is going to be coming out and possibly even staying on the top squad. Like, he's looked that good. And, you know, he he cracked the top squad at the end of last year, um, got his cup of coffee. He don't. I don't think he was on the postseason roster, was he? I don't believe he was. I don't remember but him he's playing. Got a, he's got a funky delivery, so, you know, mm -hmm. he provides a different look yep. from, you know, from the million lefties that we have. So, it's it's all good. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as he comes out and gets outs, that's the point. Mm-hmm. 
Side note, I love saying out because it brings out a little bit of my uh, Canadian accent, doesn't it? <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next bit of news. So tomorrow, and that's another Canadian where they're not tomorrow, but tomorrow. Um, as far as I know, our high schoolers that we drafted this past fall, remember, they're still in high school because the school year in Japan ends in March. And Ashita, I'll say it tomorrow, uh, will be their high school graduation ceremony. I believe that tends to be the standard here in Japan, March 1st. And so Shuya Yamada and Aoi Momosaki are official graduates as of probably the, by the time you get this podcast in your ears. So congratulations to them. Woo! Congratulations. Well done. And I'm going to assume that the university grads as well, if they haven't already had their uh, ceremony, actually, I think that's around mid-March. So we're looking at like Shimomura and the rest of that crew, um, Ishiguro and Tsuda were all, or no, Ishiguro was a, a industrial league. Tsuda was university. Mm. Who was our fourth round? Oh, that was, never mind. That was a high schooler. Yeah. So those two guys. And then I think um, Kane as well. Kane, I think, is graduating from university like in the weeks to come as well. So let's move on to Kane then. Because Kane Fukushima, our second round pick in the development draft. In other words, he is the least heralded by draft position anyways of our picks correct yeah um the almost the equivalent of the mr irrelevant that they talked about in the u.s with the uh, nfl and so on like the very last pick of the very last round something like that that type of thing but our guy has actually made a name for himself because of the name that he was given by his mom and we've talked about this a bit on previous shows but why don't you fill us in on what that has developed into uh in recent days yeah, so, well, first of all, he's actually been performing pretty well on the field, which is definitely the, the key ingredient in, the, in all of this. Absolutely. Um, he has been hitting the ball. He's been fielding the ball well. Okada is really high on him and saying that, um, you know, we're going to keep using him in defensive replacement situations going forward, and we'll see if he can earn himself double digits instead of triple. Yep. Um, but because his mom was a big fan of Kane Kosugi, the son of Sho Kosugi, uh, Hollywood actors uh, of Japanese descent, uh, action stars, etc. King Kosui got wind of this and sent a congratulatory message to Kane Fukushima. Uh, and that was covered in the press. And it wasn't just the old hi. It was like, I've learned that you got your name. You were named after me by your mom. And I'm very honored and I'm very pleased and I hope you have a fantastic career. And a lot of us will probably remember Kane Kosugi from his um, TV commercial for Lipovitan D. Faito Ipatsu. So that's how he ended his uh, message to Kane and said he wants <laughs> to be there when Kane is playing uh, and they'll have a double Kane uh, appearance at the uh, the ballpark. And he seemed to know quite a bit about our Kane as well because he talked about his height he said, I know that you're known for your speed. And so it wasn't just like he heard the name and said, oh, interesting. He actually looked him up and learned a bit about him when he sent this message. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he knew exactly what he was talking to. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. And so we're rooting for Kane all the way here. And we're going to start calling him just Kane. So you might even forget that he is Fukushima. That's his family name. But on that note, here's our last bit of R&N for you. Um, the official... Hanshin Tigers Oendang Hitting March Committee released 
an announcement on I think the 22nd of February and they said from this day forth when we root for Kane from the stands we're not doing our katobase fukushima or whatever they say hashire hashire fukushima it's going to be katobase kein so he's going to be called kane from the stands as well looks for me and on that note they also announced some other uh changes so our ace lefty or one of our ace lefties what a great uh to have one of our ace lefties anyways um (laughs) masashi ito is not going to be called ito but rather masashi when we call out and cheer to him as well that's what actually the i believe the coaches call him that these days too yes and we do have another ito anyways i mean he is a development player and he's not up to too much but nevertheless ito is a very common name so it will be nice for him to just be called masashi um, other ones, we already mentioned this guy at the top of the rumors and news, but Mayagawa will not be Gambare Gambare Mayagawa, but rather Ukyo. So he's going to be called by his first name as well. And I love that. I hear it, you know, in other teams um, when they do their cheering uh, from the Oendan. I hear a lot of guys being called by their first names. And I like it. I think it's great. Yeah. And in addition to that, particularly for Mayagawa, because the pronunciation of his name is not what you would normally expect it to be. It's not Mayagawa, it's Mayagawa, and not everybody gets that right. So let's just d- deal with, not deal with the uncertainties and just say Ukyo. Nobody right. gets that wrong. Right. Okay, and then they also announced what are we going to be yelling out to the new acquisitions, including the draftees. And so, real quick, um, Shimomura will be Shimomura, Shiba will be Shiba, Yamada will be Yamada, Momosaki will be Momosaki, Ishiguro will be Ishiguro, Tsuda will be Tsuda. Matsubara will be Matsubara. Urushihara will be Urushihara. But Gera will be Javi. Javi Gera. Welcome, Javi. Yes, indeed. Welcome, Javi. So that is what you should be paying most attention to. I hope you took notes because I'm not repeating this. I kid. When you get to Koshien and you're cheering and you hear other people, just don't be surprised if you're like, wait, what did they say? And I don't understand because I thought he's Maegawa. How come I'm hearing something else? It's because they're calling him Ukyo. Okay? All right. So, what's that sound? What was that? Did you hear that? All right. We're coming in with some import reporting. Coming in from around the world. Foreign imports. So, uh, we're bleeding again a little bit into the hot topic because some of this is based on my observations of these guys down at camp. Um, but I'll throw in some anecdotes to make it more interesting later on. So first, Sheldon Noisy. Um, I did catch him uh, playing catch on the sidelines while the team was doing some BP and other stuff. He was he was there doing, it wasn't quite long toss, but it definitely was, you know, not just a, a casual catch. Like he was actually working on um, throwing a fair distance and trying to throw, you know, straight as opposed to lobbing the ball to his uh, catch partner. But I also did notice that he was kind of shaking out his arm after he threw, which to me indicates he still has some discomfort left in his right elbow. It's interesting that he is more able to throw than he is to swing the bat, though. That said, he did take BP um, right after oh, that. Okay. Yeah, All so right. he did. He threw for several minutes, and then he took some BP, some live BP. Um, it wasn't just with a. Um, 
machine. It was actually a pitcher. Um, and I didn't see him do particularly amazing things, but I mean, again, this is kind of the beginning of camp for him in some respects, yeah? Yeah. So, and as we said earlier, like Maegawa looks like he's very keen on taking that position from Noisy. And that's not to say, you know, don't hurry back Noisy, but at the same time, like, don't rush back is what I would say, right? Don't do anything rash. Yeah, make sure you're good and ready when you come back and and fight for that position. Because if Ukyo takes off, you know, you're going to have to fight for it. But also, let's move to our next guy, and that would be Mie-chan, right? Johan Mieses, who mm-hmm. also is fighting for that position. And I saw an article about him, I think it was today or yesterday, saying that he definitely wasn't satisfied with last year's numbers. He wasn't able to pick up on the timing of other teams' pitchers, but he's definitely a little bit more... How can I put it? I guess he knows what he's getting into this year, as opposed to last year, maybe. So I'm hopeful that we see better numbers as a result, because he knows more what to expect. Right. And I think he also knows that those same numbers aren't going to earn him a third year back with the team. (laughs) True. He does, probably. Yeah. And he's also said... Well, of course, my numbers are important, but the most important thing is that the team wins another championship. So I love that too, that his mindset, of course, of course, he wants to do well for himself. Of course, he wants to be around next year, but first and foremost, he wants another championship. Let's move on. Uh, Jeremy Beasley, he actually, I think, as we mentioned in the last show, hurt himself and we weren't sure what it was. And uh, Okada said, Akana, right? Which just basically means unacceptable or that's not good. Um, so he's down on the farm. I actually got to see him on the farm and we'll talk a bit more about our encounter another time, but, um, he was, he did go to the bullpen and I actually didn't follow him there. So I didn't see if he threw like a full proper bullpen, but, um, he came up and talked to me a bit and then he said, Hey, I've got to go in and throw, uh, they want me to throw some. So are you going to still be around? And I waited for him and we talked a bit more after. So nice there. But I asked him how he's doing. He said, um, well, I'm going to go see the doctors now and we're going to figure out what's next. So they kind of still don't know like the severity of the injury. Is That was my take from it, mm. right? But, but if they're having him throw, that's positive right. to me. And, right. And shutting him down, you know? Oh, exactly, exactly, yeah. And yeah. so maybe, you know, was, I, I, I'm guessing he probably didn't throw his hardest during that bullpen. He maybe sure. just threw... And then he went to the doctors exactly to see like what kind of effect did this throwing session have on his arm? And yeah. can we ask him to ramp it up for the next one or slow things down? Things down. Yeah. 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 All right. So again, we'll get to him a little bit more in the show during the hot topic. The last guy though would be Javi Guerra, the new guy. Javi. We'll just call him Javi on the show too. We don't need to go with Guerra yeah. because he'll be Javi. So Javi um, apparently is a strong candidate to be the closer this season. If not by committee, then, or if not on his own, then by committee. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's looked and good in the spring. That, he, he, he looked great, right? Um, you were there when he pitched against the Dragons. I guess we, we can talk about this later in detail, mm-hmm. but he looked good. Um, and then he's just such a great athlete. I can't get over it. He's just so smooth in everything he does. So, um, yeah, welcome, Javi. And I guess the thing that was in the, in the rumors and news is that Okada said that he wants to try him out in the closer position. Mm-hmm. And rather than do that in Koshien, where the day game will start at 1 o'clock, but by the time it's closing time, it's 4 p.m. and it's cold. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to 
put Javi through that. So he said, starting March 15 is when we have like eight games in domes. Mm-hmm. And that's when he will test uh, Javi out in a closing position. Sure. Yeah. So in the Dragons game, I think he threw the like fourth inning, something like that. He threw quite early. Yeah. And so it was midday and we'll get to this in a bit too, but it was cold that day and it was just getting colder as the, the game went on. So I'm glad they used him early <laughs> as opposed to later. Really by I the ninth see. inning, it was freezing and that sounds wow. weird for Okinawa, but it, it was. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. So there's little, you know, on the ground coverage that you wouldn't catch from the uh, newspapers. Exactly. Well, let's jump right into the recap then since we're on the topic of that game. Get it. So there's really not a ton to recap here, Sanjay. I mean, we had the three games over the long weekend, right? The 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Mm-hmm. Um, there might have been a practice game before that or two. I don't even have notes on those because I was busy doing the Japan Ball Tour. So do you have anything to tell about uh, those couple of games? I think we hosted them both. And one of them was against a Korean team? Um, actually, they didn't air those here. Okay. Or I, I wasn't able to watch them. So, no, I don't have anything to report. Then we pass over those, but just know that the team did play a few home practice games that don't count in the standings. And who cares about the standings anyways? And especially now that our team is 0-3 <laughs> after the three games on the weekend, which actually count in the preseason standings. You know, at the end of the preseason schedule, they will announce which team uh, won the preseason schedule, got the, well, they call it Open Seng Yushou. Right. But it doesn't, that doesn't go in the history books. And there also, I guarantee there'll be articles saying, well, you know, of all the teams that finished last in the preseason, only one has ever won the usual of the regular season or what, like they'll mention whatever. I don't know if that's the, the fact, but they'll mention those facts there as well. So they will what, also, they also say that the team that wins the open saying the exhibition games um, are known to not do well in the regular season. So I'm totally fine with this. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so let's hit it then. Um, <clears throat> as I said, I was with Japan Ball, so I was at all three of these games, which was a great privilege, except for, you know, sometimes when you watch the games and things don't go so well, it can be a little bit tiring to watch. Um, I know that the players are trying to figure stuff out, and so they're not necessarily swinging for the fences as hitters, and they're not going for strikeouts as pitchers, right? They're trying to figure right. out what's going to work during the regular season and what won't, and Masashi figured out very early what's not going to work for him in the regular season. His very first <laughs> inning, he the first inning of the preseason for the Tigers, that counts. He gave up seven hits, walked a batter, and allowed seven runs. I think there might have been one or two unearned in there because there was an error that inning. Nevertheless, like his first out was a sack bunt, and I think they scored five runs before he got a second out. Wow. Something like that. It was crazy. Like they just kept getting hit after hit after hit. That said, I don't remember any or many. I don't think any were for extra bases. There might have been one double in there. There was, uh-huh. I think. And that's it. So it's just a lot of singles. And some of them, you know, it was just the seeing eye type, just out of the range of Kinami or whatever. So mm-hmm. I don't put a ton of weight in that. And also, Masashi has um, an ERA of over six in each of the past two preseasons. Right. You, I, I think you posted a tweet on that, right? Like the last yeah. few years, preseason, this is like par for the course for him. Yep. And I mean, he's got a few more starts to bring this ERA down to the sixes. 
And if that's the case, I'm fully confident that his regular season ERA will be in the twos, as it always is. Or even below two. Yes. So his final line was three innings pitched, seven hits, seven runs, which means he threw two blanks right after that dud of a first inning. Um, the Tigers came back with a run in the second and a two-run home run, huge two-run home run by Teruaki. The Terry Bomb. Yes, the Terry Bomb. Um, it hit the top of the protective net at the mm-hmm. back of the right field stands. Of course, it's not quotient in right field stands, so it's not 60 rows up. It's like some grass. But nevertheless, it was huge. And then Mieses hit a late solo home run as well. Um, barely cleared the fence, but who cares? They all count when they clear the fence. And then Kane stole a base in this one. Uh, but the final score, 9-4. to four. Um, Yuasa also gave up two runs in one inning of work. And after that, basically, Okada said he is not who he was uh, back in 2022. And so I think he'll be on the farm for a while. He's definitely uh, being held to a higher standard, and he's not meeting that standard. Yeah. He got sent down right after that game, right? I believe so. Yeah. 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 So the very next game was in Urasoi. Oh, by the way, that one was in Naha at Okinawa Cellular Stadium. I'm trying to remember the name. I, I forget. It's something like that. Yeah. So that's the biggest ballpark down in Okinawa. And sometimes the Giants, sometimes the Hawks have home games. I think even the Lions have home games down there a couple of times a year. Nice ballpark. Um, not a huge capacity, but... Definitely a nice place to take in a ball game. And the weather was beautiful. The next day, though, we were in Urasoi um, against the Swallows. And that one's called like Anna Ballpark something. Urasoi. Anna How ballpark. far away are those relative to each other, roughly? Oh, I would say like 20-minute drive from each other. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the island itself, like you can get from the south tip to the north, well, to the northernmost city where there's baseball in probably an hour and a half, two hours by car. It's bigger than Oahu. Is it? Well, we can do it in, in one hour from here to North Shore. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, so anyhow, um, Murakami started this one for us, and he gave up a run in the bottom of the first. So it's kind of a repeat of the, the last day. Actually, he had the bases loaded with no outs, if I'm <laughs> not mistaken. And the run scored on a DP. So... That was it, though. Uh, he settled in after that. It was a three innings pitch, three hits, one run. That was the only run scored, though. The Tigers got one hit. It was kind of an infield-ish hit by Kumagai. Um, it hit the second baseman's glove, and I guess he hit it hard enough that it bounced off of the second baseman's glove, and he reached first. That's the only hit we got all game, though. Uh, we did get a walk from Obata, and he stole a base and reached third base on a wild pitch, but that was as far as we got. And then the other pitcher that shined would be Oyokawa Masaki, who went three innings pitched, allowed one hit, and of course, no runs because it was a 1 0 final. A rather eventless game. But that's okay. That's okay. Um, and then Sunday, the 25th, we move up the island a little bit further to Chatan, to Agre Field, I think it's called. Um, and as I said earlier, that was a day that it started to get really cold. Mm. So. We took the lead on uh, Morishita hit a long double off of Yanagi. Um, it hit the wall, actually. It looked like it might carry into the stands, and it didn't quite make it. And then Sakamoto drove him in with a single. So it's 1-0, to zero, but they came back in the third, 
got two runs, one of them being earned. That was against Psyche, and that was the end of his day after three innings. And then Ishii in the fifth inning, I believe it was, gave up two runs in his one inning of work. We got clean innings out of Javi, Hamachi, Shiba, and Okadome. There you have it. Four to one loss. So the team is 0 and 3. Who cares? Not me. We don't care. We don't care. The pitching sounds good. The bullpen sounds good. I wanted to see more hits. That's all. Like, of course, you know, you come there to see the bombs. You come there to see, you go there to see, you know, uh, guys wreaking havoc on the base paths. And we didn't get too much of that, which is unfortunate. But meh is all I could say. All right. Well, that does it for the recaps, actually. We do have some preseason games coming up, but that will either save for the predictions to tell you the schedule or we won't mention it at all. And you can just go check out the H10 website for that sketch. Let's get into the hot topic. So Sanjay, um, camp is over. It was a 27-day camp, including four days off, I believe, in the middle. So 23 days of hard workouts. February 1st through February 20th, 27th. <laughs> My English is, is not getting any better as I stay here longer or what. Okay. Well, I was actually down in Okinawa from the 20th through the 27th. Pardon me, 28th, actually. I was down there an extra day. So we can talk mainly about my time there, but we can also just talk on the whole about what kind of impressions do you have of the Hanshin Tigers spring training camp? You as an observer, what did you see or what did you feel as you watched some of this, the feeds on TV? So the cool thing was that we're returning to Okinawa as, you know, Japan champs. Yes. And, and they had all this pomp and circumstance um, when the team arrived you know, opening ceremonies at the camp and Okada and the whole team, of, you know, lined up on the, on the grounds and and addressing the fans. And there were lots of fans in the stands too. And it was all it was all very celebratory. I thought it was very, very, very cool. Uh, and I can see how that alone makes everyone wants to win again. Because <laughs> it's like this is sweet. We can get used to this, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, the, the Tigers media or Tigers fans are like, we just know in Tigers country that this team is going to sell out the stadium, whether they win or lose, right? Whether they yep. finish in first place or last place. But man, it's got to feel a whole lot better playing as winners, even if you lose the game, right? But you play as winners because you get that winner's welcome, as you said. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, and the players looked, dare we say, more confident. Yeah. A little bit more swagger. They they looked like they knew what was going on and what they were doing. And and Okada was like hands off about the whole thing too. He's like, okay, I know you guys know what you need to do. So I'm not even going to micromanage. You know, mm -hmm. just let th let them do their thing. We know that we need to be better um, in all aspects, and there are a lot of players that can still do better. But in general, it was a very very positive uh, experience watching and the coverage even was um there were like I think four or five hours of streaming coverage on sky a every day of just camp and there was always somebody who was a big name um former player that was commenting as as the drills were going on it was all it was all very um 
it felt like a, a little bit like a continuation of the end of last year, which was totally fine by me. Yeah, um, I think really like Okada has instilled some very clear kind of principles in the players, and they know that he's extremely observant. Even if he's not micromanaging, he's watching them, and I think they know that, right? Yeah. So even as champs, they know, hey. I've got to not, I don't have to get his attention because he's going to notice whether I think he's noticing or not. And also, yeah. I think they can probably tell because we can. And if fans notice, then surely the players do that he's not just looking to see how many balls they hit over the fence in BP or who's getting hits during games, right? Because as we said in the last show, like there were a couple of guys that thought the only way that they can get his attention is through getting hits, but he wanted them to advance the runner or he wanted them to give the runner on first a chance to steal and they didn't take pitches or whatever, right? Exactly. So the players are catching on to stuff like that as well. And all that means is that they're just going to do what they need to do and they know they need to do um, to be able to um, receive positive reviews from him as opposed to like, I got to grab his attention. Yeah, totally agree. So there's a difference there as well. And of course, you know, I love that Okada is, of course, you know, um, paying attention to defense, especially. He knows that defense is a huge factor in them winning or not winning championships mm -hmm. and um i was reading again this morning that it's very cool that they always talk I, I hear it more in japan than in america but i think it's probably common in baseball that what they call the senta line right you want your yeah. catcher and your second and shortstop combination and your center fielder to have very fundamental defense because that they're going to be fielding the bulk of the balls right they're expected to have the greatest range, at least like the latter of those three, not the catcher, but whatever. He's got a ton to do. Um, but who won the Golden Gloves at those positions last year? All us our boys. And us and us and us. Yeah. Right? And then throw I in a little Oyama for good measure. Too, yeah. Yeah. But having that, that center line, if you will, as solid as ours is. Plus, you know, as Okada said, we don't want any of these guys resting on their laurels. And so we are going to see some competition for playing time at those positions. Yep. Hey, hey, we missed this in rumors and news, man. I just realized like Umeno, did we, we didn't mention that last show, did we? Oh, oh we did not. Yeah, right. Yeah. Pretty He's serious bad. injury, right? He's got the right shoulder injury. Oh, wait. Wait for what? I missed that one then. Oh. I, I saw when he came back and yeah. he threw the first runner out at second. Yeah, he did, but he also had a serious shoulder injury um, and he may not be ready for opening day. Like, it looks like it's pretty pretty serious. Oh, sorry to hear that. So I'm concerned not only about him personally, but then we also have Nagasaka apparently has a bit of an injury. We mentioned that last time. Nakagawa got hurt during camp as well. So that's three catchers down out of seven, right? Mm -hmm. They only got four and you want to keep three on the top squad. That means you only got one healthy guy down on the farm. Or what? You know what I mean? So... I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if the team swings something of a trade here, especially if Nakagawa and Nagasaka are not ready to come back soon, simply because we just don't have the numbers. How's your catching theory? Uh, I'll work on it starting today. <laughs> how, how do they feel about left-handed catchers, though? <laughs> there you go. Yes. I can make history in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit more than specifically about the 20th, 20th through the 27th. And let me just explain the Japan ball 
um, system, if you will, and the trip. And then I'm going to just get you to throw questions at me because you might want some blanks filled that I don't fill during this time that I talk about this tour. Shall we? Let's go for it. So we'll go back to the very start. And Japan Ball has been in operation since 1999. It was started by a man named Bob Bavesi. And he started to bring American tourists to Japan, mainland Japan, uh, for tours of Japanese baseball stadiums so they could experience Japanese culture through baseball. He's from a baseball family, so this is right in their wheelhouse. Um, and he I actually... He was with the Mariners, right? He was with the Mariners. His dad was GM of the Dodgers. Hmm. And his brothers were in front offices in other organizations too, I believe. Okay. So yeah. Very much a baseball family and not just small time. Um, Bob also owned uh, an independent team on the West Coast and turned it from nothing into a huge, well, profit. He made it a successful franchise. So he's done a lot in the game. He's got that know-how. And Japan Ball has never really taken off as like a big time, you know, like million dollar operation, anything. And they don't really aim to. Um, Bob told me actually when I interviewed or talked to him back in 2017-ish, yeah, I, I basically I do this so that I can go to Japan once a year for free. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's his that's his reasoning so um i joined japan ball actually in 2016 um because i was just getting started out i was still in my second year of h10 and i reached out to him by email and i said hey um can i can i help you guys when you come is there anything you need because i'm here and he's like no nah, we're good and then he invited me out anyways because they had an extra ticket so i, I wrote him in march he said no thanks in march and then in September, he wrote me back and said, hey, we got an extra ticket to the games because one of the people on our tour, I don't know if they were sick or dropped out or what. So I just went to the game for free um, to a Buffalo's game. <clears throat> and after the game, he's like, you passed. Well, essentially, I'm putting it in a nutshell, but he basically said, like, you do, you did everything that I, you did everything that I hoped you would do and more, basically, like giving people info about Japan, Japanese baseball. Um, someone went to the bathroom and missed six batters and I rattled off what happened while they were away. Um, I made sure I talked to everybody that was there and I wasn't trying to do anything. I was just being me, but it worked out well. So from the next year, I was their newsletter writer slash tour guide in the Kansai area or Western Japan. Well, uh, the company was taken over by Shane Barclay in 2019 after the season. Bad timing for Shane. because. 2020, there was no tour. 2021, there was no tour. And in fact, 2022, they still didn't do the tour because even though Japan had opened up to tourists, I think that summer, they had a ton of rules in place for tour Mm -hmm. groups. And it was like, okay, if we're going to do Japan ball, it's just not going to be a fun experience for people to come here and have to always be together at all times and always wear masks. And so we took 2022 off as well. And so this past fall, for the first time, in four years, we had a regular fall tour, and I was part of that. But before that, Shane had talked to me about the possibility of doing an Okinawa spring training tour. And I forget if it was his brainchild or mine, but that's not really important anymore. In 2022, I went down and basically just scouted the land. Where are all the camps precisely? Because I can hear the names of the ballparks and know roughly where they are, but I actually went down and checked them all out. What kind of concessions do each of them have? How does the parking situation look? What are some Mm -hmm. side activities we could do? What hotels could we stay at? Blah, 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 blah. 
I did all that work two years ago. And last year, Japan still wasn't really <clears throat> ready for proper tours, if you will, because they still had mask rules in place. Most people yeah. were still wearing masks. So this was the maiden voyage this year, going down to Okinawa for spring training. And so I was invited to be part of the tour for the first five days of the seven days that they were there. And then I had a couple of days of free time. So that's fantastic. Fantastic. That's the, the background. Yeah. You might want to, in, in your background, you might want to mention that you were actually lived in Okinawa at one part of your Japan journey. So you're familiar with the lay of the land, as it were. So let me mention then um, that I once lived in, wait a minute, what Sanjay said. I'll just, I'll give some details. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 1998 to 2010, I was in Okinawa. So I lived there. Um, I'd been to a couple of the spring trainings, but I wasn't super into NPB at the time, which is good because if I had been, I might've started following the Bay Stars instead of the Tigers and picked the wrong team, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank God that didn't happen. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, all that to say, I was familiar with not only um, the geography, but also the culture, maybe some of the nuances of the language, um, all sorts of other stuff, places that we could go when we weren't watching baseball, etc. So you were the perfect guy to do this thing this year. I think so. I really think so. Yeah. And so um, I got there on February the 20th, and actually that was kind of a day off. It was the pre-day for the tour in the sense that that was the day everyone landed. So we had nothing planned. And then even the 21st, when we made the schedule, we'd said, okay, our first activity as a, a tour is to have our welcome dinner. So really the tour officially started on the 21st in the evening. Mm. So let me take you now. We'll just go day by day and you can just throw questions at me um, if you want. But so the first day I landed on the 20th at around 11 a.m. And again, the tour hasn't started. Nobody has yet arrived. Me and my co-tour guide, <clears throat> Fuji, not Fujinami. Um, <laughs> we hit the Big ground. And then he actually was, he said, listen, I'm the main um, tour guide. He was kind of the operations guy. So okay. he said, I'm staying at the airport and I'm, I'm going to make sure everyone gets on the right bus or taxi or whatever. And I said, oh, what nice. do I do? Because okay. I was kind of answering him. I said, what do I do? And he said, well, just go back to the hotel and at some point, figure out how to get from the hotel to the Dragon's Ballpark and to our happy hour location. And that's coming later, but just to make sure we have the quickest way to get there without getting lost. Okay, anything else? No. All right. So basically the 20th is a free day because right. I know where our hotel is basically. I know exactly where the stadium is and I can find the pub on Google Maps and then I can just walk it in 10 minutes from our hotel. Oh, so essentially cool. like I have to, I have like, 20 minutes of work on our first day, basically. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So what do I do? Well, as you know, Sanjay, my buddy Yamamoto-san, um, honestly, like I could do almost a whole episode on him, but he's the guy that first covered me in daily sports uh, six and a half years ago. Yep. So we've been friends ever since. He's kind of a freelance journalist and he was down at the camps. And so he was on his way out that day on the 20th. And he said, Hey, um, I'm here and uh, I'm leaving at 5 p.m. Do you want to meet? And I was like, yeah, sure. So he came to the airport and met me. And then we weren't really sure what we were going to do. But he goes, yeah, I've got a friend who does the salary evaluations for the Chiba Latte Marines. 
サテーに、インジャパニーズ。サテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテーはサテ
mm. and very few position players, at least where we were checking things out. So we got to see Roki, you know, stretching, warming up, playing catch, um, doing some fielding simulations, stuff like that. We just basically followed Sasaki around for like an hour or two. That's cool. How close yeah. did you get to him? Not close. And there's a couple of reasons. A, he's Sasaki. <laughs> yeah. But B, um, the well, the Marines camp is not set up so well to get a ton of autographs or to meet a ton of players. Ah, okay. Because an area is fenced off that they are in, and I think the players' locker room or change room was within their the ballpark, so they don't mm. actually come out to where the the fans are standing around or whatever. Right, right, right. Now, I like I said, I was there the day before when the Marines were playing the Eagles, and the Eagles right. change room was in the like gymnasium across the way. So the Eagles <laughs> okay. players were walking to and from the actual park. Uh huh. So if I had been around with a marker and with whatever for them to sign, I probably could have gotten some Eagles autographs. But <clears throat> as I said, I was only there for like a half hour. So that day, Roki never came out to see the public. We did get to see him relatively up close like people with good cameras got good pictures of them i'll put it that yeah way. yeah I, I saw the the posts on, on japan ball okay yeah so if you haven't if you're not a follower of japan ball now is as good a time as any to plug that on facebook i'm assuming you saw or maybe instagram that's those, no, i saw it on facebook those are the two main ones so if you go to yeah. facebook japan ball or instagram japan ball uh, follow them there's some good pictures they always have some interesting posts even throughout the year okay so yeah we got to see roki and then we took our buses back up to Chatan and we, it was again an option. So some of us went to the ballpark and watched the Marines versus the Dragons. Mm -hmm. The Marines got clobbered pretty sloppy on the defense and also um, their pitching, they couldn't find the strike zone. So whatever, it was what it was. Yeah. Maybe now is as good a time as any to just briefly kind of introduce like what types of people were on the tour without naming names. Um, sure. Yeah, just so that you kind of have an idea of who I was guiding. And like how many in the party, really? You know. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Right. So it was nine people this time. Again, it's the maiden voyage, and we're trying to figure out what's the best way to do this. And you know, we we'll have to figure out um, in the future how many we want to cap this at because we don't want to be you know bringing people on three buses and having a party of 80 or whatever, right? Like that's not, right. just not Japan ball style. So it was nine. Um, all but one were over the age of 60, I'm assuming. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got the most time and money, presumably. <laughs> right. Yeah. So one, the one that wasn't was actually the son of one of the couples that was on the tour. And he's 35 ish and he's okay, out in so, Vietnam. So no no teenagers or kids or any of that stuff. Yeah. Not this gotcha. time. On yeah. past tours, like actually in the fall tour, there were a couple of kids and I there have been teenagers, there have been people in their twenties before. But this one just happened to be maybe because it's February, you know, sure. the timing of it. Yeah. School um, happens and so on. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all from America. <clears throat> and as I said, the son, the 35 year old, he is actually living in Vietnam. So he came from Vietnam and met up with his parents who are from California. That's cool. Um, yeah. Very so, international crew. Yeah. And the four, the, the two of them, well, plus their son and plus one other couple are actually Japanese Americans. Mm. Yeah. And then there were three people that kind of came as, well, singles, if you will, but they were up in their 60s and or 70s. Mm -hmm. um, well, they came solo. I'll say, I, I wouldn't say single, but solo. 
And then um, one more came from the Seattle area, and she's also um, solo. I'm curious as to how much they knew about Japanese baseball or baseball in general. Totally legit question. Yeah. Um, so baseball in general, they're all quite knowledgeable. Um, Japanese baseball, very little knowledge for most of them. Um, they're more so curious about Japanese baseball as a whole versus teams or individual players. Except right. the exception would be Sasaki or, you know, like we talked a lot about Yamamoto or we'd talk about Shohei, maybe like where he came, stuff like that. Right. So I really think the Japanese players going to the majors spark an interest in a lot of people. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Right? I mean, that makes all kinds of sense. Yeah. So what team did they come from or what type of player were they when they were here, etc. So, yeah, it was really fun. Oh, so I should also mention then that within the group, um, there was one interesting couple where the man was a baseball coach in different high schools or colleges mm. no, nothing like nationally famous but you know he's a coach so when he yeah. came to these spring training sessions or whatever he was actually watching the workouts with a great deal of interest on what types of drills are they doing and how do the coaches interact with the players and stuff like that of course yeah and on the flip Makes side sense. of that his wife didn't like baseball very much <laughs> She was not against, obviously she was here and she, she came to the game. So she wasn't against the baseball and, you know, her husband, and even she would admit, well, oh, she said like, oh, I know more about baseball than my friends do through her husband's influence. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. But it's not like her thing. So yeah, I don't know. It was just cool just to be able to talk to all of them. And, you know, some of them had a ton of questions and some of them, maybe their questions were more directed towards Okinawa or Japan or whatever. Right. Just right. Right. Okay, cool. so we, ha we have our welcome dinner, and then the next day, we are scheduled to go up to Nago to watch the fighters. Uh-huh. Just a training session, so there's no game, no practices, no intra-squad, just the fighters working out. The good news but is... I was going to say, Shinjo? That was the hopes. That was truly the hopes, but we weren't able to do that. Um, he's pretty elusive, at least when it comes to meeting groups of people or whatever. I mean, if he sure. makes himself seen or if he stops for some fans it's game over he's not gonna have time to be a manager anymore total chaos right yeah just gonna be rock star all day so we did get to meet though international scout matt winters who has been with the team now for several years as international scout um was a fan favorite back in the 90s when he was with the team yes i remember those days he was the entertainer wasn't he yep like he would do magic tricks or um, when there's a rain out, he would do some kind of performance on the field. Exactly. He, he's, he's doing rain out stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he even sat in with the fans sometimes when he wasn't playing, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember that, but I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. All kinds of crazy stuff. Anyways, very beloved guy. So he agreed. Uh, Shane had arranged for us to meet with him. And so he actually gave each of us one of these caps. Oh, sweet. Yeah, not bad because it actually says spring camp right on it and it's got the fighters, not logo, but it does have the font of the word fighters. And so it's a good um, memorabilia, good memorabilia for the fans to bring or for the tour to bring home with them. Sure. So, so we talked to him for a good hour and I kind of told people like come with questions and I asked some questions just to warm things up so that they maybe would know if their questions would be good or not, I guess. Uh huh. But Matt was just so... Um, sorry for my vocab, but just very talkative, like in a great way. 
Yeah. So was this like in a in a room at the, at the stadium, or was this somewhere else, or how how did that work? It was right behind home plate, so we we're watching them doing their BP as we're talking to them. Oh, sweet. Yeah. You're and right one of the people in, on the tour. Sorry, one of the people on the tour um, is a Washington Nationals fan because she lives in D.C. And one of the fighters' players, his most recent team in the majors was the Nationals. So she actually kind of called out to him from behind home plate, and he was really happy, and she was really happy too, like just thrilled to make that connection. That's cool. That's a great story. Yeah. That was really neat. Um, I talked to Matt also about interpreting and interpreters because that's kind of my research field now. Yep. And the fighters have the first female interpreter in NPB history as far as like between player and staff. I wasn't aware of that. I think she's like 23, 24 years old, super young. So, so I she's told, there now. Yeah. Well, they're gone now, but yeah, she's, she's currently with the team. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so Matt mentioned that from the stands and then I looked it up and found articles and then I said, Hey, like hook it up. I want to talk to her because that that's right in the wheelhouse as far as my research goes. And he also uh -huh. said he, he knows some of his interpreters from back in the day. So he'll hook me up with them as well. So I'm pretty excited about all that. Great. Yeah. Um, so we finished at that camp. That was basically the gist of our fighters time. Oh, one was other there... guy on the tour actually was friends of friends of the tie of the fighters, uh, Nigun. He was the Nigun manager, but I think now Inaba's Nigun manager. So I think he's like maybe Ichigun coach. So we actually got to talk a little bit with him as well. Kida. Was there any discussion of Shohei Otani or you Darvish while you were there? Yes, both actually. Um, I think because Matt was a scout on the team, like, I mean, he got to see them in workouts in the spring, at least. Mm -hmm. uh, during their time yeah there were some questions i don't remember the details of them but yeah there were cool so yeah it was good um yeah then we went to Chiraumi uh aquarium which is kind of the the spot in okinawa mm -hmm. um, and that was basically the end of that day so the baseball part was the fighters and it was it was special because we got to meet uh matt winters and stuff so how long a day is this, the, the, the tour? I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. You get started at 8 a.m. and keep going until 6 p.m. or what? Yeah, this particular day, which was technically day one or uh -huh. like the first day of touring, the other, the other day was an option. Um, we actually left kind of early because the fighters train up in Nago. So we left at uh -huh. like 8 in the morning, 8, uh -huh. 8.30. No, 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 no. It was like 8.30 or 9. And we got there by 10. Um, yeah. And then we finished that day around six or so. And that was the longest day just because it had the most travel in it. Right, and actually, like the next day, and I'll get to that right now, like we, yeah. it was Tigers against uh, Giants down in Naha. So from our hotel, that's maybe like an hour drive. And the game started at one. So we left the hotel at like 11. Uh huh. Yeah. And then we had something afterwards. So we got back around six again. So it's not like a full hard day. Yeah. But it's, it's a, it's a, well well packed sort of uh endeavor i would say so yeah and you know we're we're gonna get uh feedback from the participants and see if they thought days were too long or if they wanted more stuff done or if they wanted more free time whatever uh so right. i'll yeah um but basically yeah so that that next day we went down to the ballpark in naha um walked around a little bit and the lines for food were crazy and the number of fans at the game it was nuts it was a sellout for sure how would you rank the uh, the share of Giants versus Tigers fans? I'd say pretty close to 50-50. We were sitting in the really? Giants section because 
we're not a Tigers tour and we get our tickets based on kind of the home team. We want to kind of give fans the home team vibe, if you will. Sure. Yeah. So we sat with the home team, but I feel like it was probably 50-50. Wow. Maybe okay. even a little bit more Tigers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we were in the infield, so we had really nice seats. We got a really good view. Like, I mean, I could see Sato's home run, you know, very clearly and great sight lines. So it was good. Awesome. Um, not really much to say about the game itself because we talked about it in the recap. Um, oh, we did have to leave a bit early because, and that's one of the downsides of the tour and, and something we might have to tweak, but our next engagement was starting at such a time that we couldn't watch past the, I think we watched the top of the eighth and then we left. The good news oh. is that was when Mia-chan hit his home run and then the last, like bottom of eighth, top of ninth, nothing happened. But um, also if it weren't for, and I'm not blaming Masashi, but if he hadn't given up seven runs, the game would have finished much earlier. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll have a word with Masashi about this. Thank you. Well, so I told people heading in, I was like, okay, it's a preseason game, so we're not going to have mid-inning pitching changes, and we probably won't have mound visits from anyone either in the middle of the innings, right? Because typically it's just like, yeah, you give up five runs, so what? Yeah. Right? The catcher's Figure not going to come out and calm the guy down because he doesn't need calming down, right? But that first inning proved me wrong because the coach did come out and visit the mound <laughs> I guess just to see if Masashi was okay, because you know if, right. if he's got an injury and he's throwing through it, and that's why he's hittable, then you got to pull him. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, we went to an Awamori distillery after that, which is Awamori is like the local Okinawan, not sa well sake in the alcohol meaning, right? Tequila. Yes, they say it's more akin to like a whiskey than anything, just because it's okay. distilled, just like whiskey is. It's strong stuff, is what it is. It is very strong. Yeah. So we got to kind of check that out. We got to sample a little bit of it and, and stuff like that. And it's cool. They actually had some Tiger's Memorial um, sake there or Awamori there. Did you get any? I didn't because I don't drink. <laughs> and I don't really <laughs> know a ton of people that I could give it to. Um, but interestingly, um, when I went to the Tiger's camp and they have all those like kind of banners, like the kind yeah. of vertical banners, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, They have some there that you can actually buy like you can sponsor the team or whatever and there was one for the distillery so i kind of feel like maybe they are tigers fans there i i'm sure i'm sure that's the case well who wouldn't want to be a tigers fan would be my exactly favorite. yeah um anyways we'll, we'll get to the the camp part a little bit later so let's kind of breeze through a little bit more of this a bit more quickly the next day i went we went to urasoi and we saw the tigers lose to the swallows let me just say this right now about the swallows camp because it's under construction it was terrible. <laughs> Don't miss your words. Don't pull any punches. No. Why? They had one entrance into the stadium, right? And I don't know how many people were in attendance, but even if it's 10,000, right? And it was probably at least 10,000. One entrance, man, and one exit. So at the end of the game, man, it was just like a crazy long lineup because there's only one way out of the park. Also, because of their construction, their... Food concessions were probably a 10-minute walk from the stadium, five to 10-minute walk from the stadium. Oh, no. That's not cool. They didn't really have, they had like a couple of little places just outside the ballpark for food, but that's it. And then wow. to get people in and out of that area, they had like a kind of parking lot down the hill a little bit. So again, that was maybe like a 10-minute walk from the ballpark. And people were lined up there waiting to get on shuttle buses to get back to somewhere, wherever their car was or wherever their hotels were. So we had our own bus, which was kind of fortunate. 
But even oh, then, sweet. we had to sneak. What's that? That's sweet. Yeah. I mean, it's just small because it's just nine of us plus two guides. So, you know, it sat like it was like a 15 seater or whatever. Right, um, right. But even then, we had to sneak into that lot where they had the, the big buses coming in to pick people up. And they didn't want us there. They're like, you can't park here. You can't come in here. And and we just kind of like asked them nicely, like for five minutes for us to just load. So we got it. But it was mm -hmm. just like logistically, it was a nightmare, man. And that's all I have to say about the swallows. Okay. Yeah. Enough said. Let's yeah. move on. We went to Shuri Castle after that, which is maybe like a 15-minute drive from their stadium. And so that's a real historical place, but uh, it burned down in 2019. Yeah, I was going to ask, wasn't, isn't it under serious construction now or reconstruction? It seriously is. Yeah, 100%. And it will not be completed until 2027. So we got mm -hmm. to see parts that were completed and parts that were in process. And they actually, like, they do a good job because what they do is they, they have, you know, like as a lot of construction places do here, they have like a mural that blocks off the construction site. Right, right. They've got painted on it an actual size picture of what they're building on the other side. Oh, cool. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. So you can right. at least see like when you come next time, this is what will be here type of thing. Uh -huh. Yeah. And they also had these little like um, not quite workshops, but almost like you could see workshops. You could see like, okay, well, this is how they're going to piece together the wood for this part of this wall or whatever. This is what the pillars are going to look like, or this is what the uh, the roof tiles look like. And you could actually see the stuff they were working on, which is kind of cool. And this is the whole, the whole, we don't use any nails or bolts or anything like that thing. Right. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really neat to see that. I mean, it was starting to cool off and we were a little bit tired after, you know, watching the ball game and all that kind of stuff but we hung in there and we enjoyed it the best we could the other thing is too yeah like we were told the castle closes at 6 30 for tourists but the parking lot where our bus was closed at six and they said we shut it at six which means we have to be loaded by 10 to six say right which means to be on the safe side you want us getting there at quarter to six or whatever so all that to say like we had 45 minutes less than we thought we'd have Right. Which is kind of a bummer, but because it was under construction, maybe there was less to see anyway. So, um, but I look forward to that being like a big part of the tour um, in the future. In the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So nice. Sunday, we, Sunday, we go to the uh, Dragons game and it was just a walk from our hotel, like maybe 15, 20 minutes max from our hotel. So that's kind of nice. But as I said, it was really cold. The winds were picking up, probably gusting. I would, you want to put it in miles? I would say it's maybe like, 20 to 30 miles, like strong, wow. very strong winds mm -hmm. and cold. Like the wind was cold. So it was a bit uncomfortable. We had seats for this one in the outfield, which I think was on purpose by Shane uh, so that we could get a variety of experiences and not just sit in cushy infield seats. Mm -hmm. So the outfields in Okinawa are just grass kind of slopes. And yeah. if you were to put people in rows, you could maybe do five rows comfortably, mm -hmm. right? But it's cool. So we actually sat with the dragons or stood with the dragons for a bit and we talked to their Oendon a little bit. So were you on the right field side then? We were. Yeah. Okay. okay. You want to guess how many people they had in their Oendon, like as actual like Oendon members? Okay. I'm going to guess that it's the dragons. It's not a large number. Five. You hit it. Five. Exactly <laughs> right. Yes. I didn't think you'd nail it, but yes, five people in total. So I think they had like. We're good. Three trumpeters and one drummer or something like that. And we were talking to them. I, I was actually like, I asked one guy right away, I was like, hey, how many people are you or how many more are coming? Because I saw the five of them, right? 
And he's like, oh, this is all. Like, I thought maybe some of them were taking a smoke break or something because it was before the game <laughs> yeah. or they were arriving late. No guy, five. And so we're talking to him a bit more. And then all of a sudden he's like, he said something to us in English to our group because I was just talking to him in Japanese. Then he said something to us in English and his English is quite good. And he's like, oh yeah, so actually like uh, I, I, I'm from Canada. And I was like, what? What? And then later he's like, oh, uh, I'm Korean. My parents are Korean and I was born in Korea, but I moved to Canada, you know, during my whatever years. So it was just really interesting. This Korean That's guy cool. born in Korea, raised in Canada, going to university now in Nagoya is part was one of their Oendan down there. And you met them on the Japan ball tour in Okinawa. How yeah. fantastic is that? Yeah, it was pretty fun. Pretty fun. And so I um, actually went to the other side during the game, <laughs> as you can imagine. And then some of the people on the tour just walked around and took pictures, like whether of Oendan or of the action or whatever. Um, but because it was cold, like it wasn't comfortable to just sit and watch the game anyways. So I walked around and I went to the Dragon's bullpen and I saw Javi doing his warm up for getting into the game. Nice. So like I left the game after the third inning, maybe. And then, yeah, he was warming up in the top of the fourth to play the bottom of the fourth. You but the... Little did offer your your tips on, on how to warm up or anything to Javi. <laughs> I should have offered a catch for him because we're short on catchers. Um, yeah. But like dumb me, I was not even thinking that, oh, hey, he's warming up now because he's the next pitcher, right? <laughs> of course, that was the case. Yeah. So as I'm watching him do his warm-ups and, you know, I took a few pictures, whatever, and I was also talking to other fans there and stuff. Well, then all of a sudden, I heard the announcement from the loudspeaker of the stadium, which was just like right beside, you know, and they said, you know, coming in for the Tigers, Guerra. And I was like, oh, shoot. And I was still there. And I didn't actually watch that inning of him pitching. Sorry. Well, he was actually um, a little bit wild. Uh -huh. Walked the first guy, picked him off at first uh -huh. um, and got out of the inning cleanly. So um, and. Some of his pitches look really good. The guy's the real deal. I'm so looking forward to him. I think maybe the wind might have factored into his wildness, perhaps, because it was so windy. And yeah. you really come to realize how much like pitchers have to pay attention to that, especially if it is, you know, if the, if the gusts are strong, like that can affect if they throw a slider, it just kind of hangs because of the wind. It doesn't bite the way that it normally would. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, um, I also watched Ishii warming up. Uh, because the guy next to me was like, oh, I, I'm his senpai from when he was playing with the fighting dogs. And so I talked to him a little bit about Ishii and their relationship. Oh, cool. and stuff. And, yeah. And then I'm walking back. Right. And guess who walks right past me? I couldn't believe it. I'm wa I, I see like, oh, this guy looks like a player. And it took until he was maybe 20 feet away to realize that it's none other than number 51. Nakano. Yeah, he's just kind of like not swinging his bat, but he's kind of like swaying his bat back and forth, like he's not doing practice swings. And I was kind of tongue tied, and I think I was the only fan around. So if I had asked him to sign or take a picture, he might have, right? Because they don't like doing it's it if they're if it's mid game and there's a bunch of fans there, they don't want to stop. But I think I was the only sure. one. But yeah, anyhow, it was just nice to have that moment. Zanen desu, kind of zanen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, but then also, um. I ran into some fans that we'd seen the previous day in at the Swallows game. So I sat and talked to them a little bit as well. Tigers fans. Tigers fans, yeah. 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 Um, and then 
What was something else that happened there? I forget. Did, did you say somebody recognized you and said, "You, oh, you're that guy." Oh, yeah, that was uh, that was at the Tigers camp on a on a later date. Oh, okay. I think. I think. I I think it happened a couple times, but anyways, we'll we'll get to that in a bit. Um, so that was that though. The game ended four to one, and then we went to a pub called Koshien Stadium Okinawa. No, they have one of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I thought, like, oh, maybe it's a like you know huge Tigers fan. Not the case. Actually, doesn't like Japanese pro ball that much, or doesn't follow it. I should say. Um, what it is is this guy, um, pitched at Koshien. Playing for like Okinawa Shogyo Koko or something like that. Okay. Right? Okay. So so he's got a scoreboard up like the yeah up on his wall as kind of decoration, like the a, a replica or simulation of the Koshien scoreboard, and it shows the, the Okinawa team losing eleven to eight. So I was like, and I didn't know his story yet, but you know, of course, the people on the tour were like, "What's the deal with that? Like, what what game was that?" And I go. I have a hunch that probably the owner of the bar pitched in this game or played in this game. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's up there. And I was almost dead on. He didn't pitch, but he was like the center fielder for the team that lost. But he said, I kind of got my high school dream come true, right? I got to play yep. at Koshien. Yep. We lost. And I was like, oh, well, did you score any of your team's eight runs? And he's like, well, I was the leadoff guy in our, they had a seven run inning. And he was the leadoff guy. So he scored the first run of that inning. So just a little yeah, bit of this, tidbit. This claim Talk- of fame. Yeah, yeah. And he had tons of merch as well. Like he he had a surprising amount of signatures, pictures, um, old uniforms from former greats, including like Matsuzaka, um, Ichiro, others. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Nice because sports like, bar. Yeah, because you know, you you play in Koshan. That's kind of like the pinnacle of high school sports. And what percentage of them go on to the pros, right? Like, and you know, two? that for many people, yeah. So, for, for many people, that's their claim to fame. Yes. Well, and it, it's, it's an instant way to make connections or make friends for the rest of their lives. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's got this bar. So, it's pretty cool. And then I, I left the tour after that. So, that was the end of my time. They had two more days, but um, mm-hmm. they used another kind of guest tour guide. And that's fine. That gave me a chance to do what I wanted to do, which is, was going to be the main topic, and now we've been talking for like well over an hour. Oh, shoot. My <laughs> yeah. bad. So we'll, we'll flash through this real quick. Um, 26th, I was at the Nigun camp in the afternoon, and I got right up close with a bunch of the players. There were maybe 20 fans there, but um, we stood outside the bullpen, and the pitchers walked like right past us. And I yes. promise you, like I'm looking at our roster here, and of the pitchers that were at the Nigun camp, let me just name some guys that I was right up close to. I, some of them I got pictures. Some of them I got autographs. Um, some of them I might have talked to a bit. Um, Junya, I saw right up close. Nice. Okay. Shimomura, our first round draft pick. I got his autograph. Um, Moriki, I got a picture of, but not with. Akiyama, I saw several times, but he was not responsive to fans <laughs> at all. Yeah, um, I can see why. Yeah, Suzuki, our second round pick a couple of years back. I saw him. Uh, let's see. Trying to look for more Nigun guys. There weren't that many Nigun guys, but Tomida. I got pictures of him signing other people's stuff. Uh-huh. And we saw Ishiguro. 
we saw Yuasa. He did not respond to anybody the whole time. He he walked past us like three, four times. He did not respond. Okay. But that was apparently that was A, he's a little bit on the shy side. And B, I think he kind of knew. Like, if I sign for one person, I'm screwed. Like, yeah. You know, and not to have a big head about things, but he was one of the more famous players at the Nigun camp. Sure. Yeah. I, I totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I think we saw Tsuda. We saw Iwata. We saw Ogawa, we saw Matsubara, we saw the other Ito, although we didn't recognize him until we looked up his number because he literally has not even played in a Nigun game yet. Uh-huh. Um, I think we saw Kawahara there or I saw him the next day. Uh, we saw Takahashi Haruto and we saw Ren Sato. So basically I saw every pitcher. You saw everyone, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and I skipped Beasley because that's kind of the main one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of mentioned a bit earlier in the show. So he comes walking up from their change room or resting area whatever right and everyone's like bizudia bizudia whatever right and i was like hey jeremy what's up do you remember me and he's like of course man of course came up shook my hand we might have done the man hug i don't remember but like the fans <laughs> that were around me were just like their jaws were dropped they're like what's going on here right sure yeah of course but then after he walks in and like i said he he was told like i've got to go throw so are you going to be back later right after he left like all the focus is on me who are you? <laughs> you right, know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of fun just to kind of get that bit of attention. But I just got to talk a little bit about like, you know, they also asked me like, what did you say to him or, you know, whatever. So you got the, you, you got to like hold court a little bit. and Kind of, yeah. Self-promote a little good. bit too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good, good. That was nice. So we, we stuck around there and I kind of befriended some of the people, just talked to them a little bit more, you know, and it was, it really reminded me of why I love sports so much. Like just that building of community. You know, mm. I got to talk to them, find out who, which players they liked or where they're from or how old they are. Or like there was like a girl that was 14 years old, 13 years old. And she was like probably the most aggressive as far as calling out to the players, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> Maybe that comes with being a girl still and not being an adult, right? Sure. Because I did mention to you, like as a, as a guy in his 40s, like I feel, I feel a little bit weird asking 20 year olds for their autographs or for pictures with them, even if they are baseball players. Yeah. You know, because they're young enough to be my son. So anyways, yeah. that was that. Um, we also went a little bit to the field. And so we did see some of the players. Let me just name some of the names of guys that I saw. Um, we, I don't think I saw any catchers. Infielders, we did see Toy and Endo. I saw Endo up close, pretty close uh-huh. up. I got a picture with Yamada. Yeah. Um, Momosaki walked right past us just before Yamada. Again, these are the two high school grads. Momosaki got almost zero attention and Yamada got all the attention. Maybe because he's he's a very handsome man. Young yes, man, he is. You shared you. the picture on uh, H10, right? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I just saw Takatera taking batting practice, but I didn't actually see him up close. For outfielders, uh, I think I saw Itzibo a little bit close up or closer up. Um, I saw... Shimada taking bunting practice. Yeah, exciting, right? I saw Toyoda <laughs> up close, and that's it for the position players. So, yeah, I did get to see a lot of guys, though. Cool. I highly recommend if anyone goes to Okinawa, go to the farm camp because you'll get super close to the players. And because most of them are not big time stars, like they're pretty cool with signing autographs and stuff. Yeah. So, oh, side note, and this is actually rumors and news in a way. So as um, Takahashi Haruto, one of my favorite pitchers, was signing an autograph for me, I actually just asked him, or I, I said like, hey, everyone's looking forward to you coming back. 
you know? And, and then yeah. I just asked him like, Hey, how are things going? How does the body feel? And he said, um, mother this. So he's saying like, he's not ready yet. Oh, really? Yeah. But it was nice to hear that Frank answer. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. He didn't try sure, to hide yeah. anything. And so, I mean, yeah, but it was cool to actually say something and be responded to by him, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Happy about that. Okay. So that was the end of the camp day. And the last day I went up to the main camp because uh, it was the last day for that camp. And I definitely wanted to make sure I could see it. So I get in there and I parked kind of far away because I'd heard a lot of rumors about the parking being really hard to find. Yeah. And so I found a spot and it said general public parking and it wasn't like paid parking. So I was like, I'll just park here. And then I had to walk like five minutes to the facilities, whatevs. Um, and yeah, I walked past the, what they call the subgroundo, right? Where they just do sure. practicing. There's no BP there. And I saw um, Obata taking special fielding practice in the morning. This is like nine o'clock ish, maybe before nine. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know this, like there, there are reporters there that are counting how many balls he fields. Yes. So I saw like he took 167 grounders before, before practice started, he took 167 grounders. So there's the news on Obata, but I got to see him kind of up close <laughs> when they leave that sub ground or that practice field, they actually walk pretty close to fans and there's a good chance to get autographs if they're responsive. But let's mm. remember, as we said earlier, they are the Nipponichi team. So right. Yeah. And there's a horde of fans all around. Yeah, exactly. And if they stop for one, they're stopping for a ton. So um, I don't think he stopped. Um, and then later at that same general area, I did see a couple of the pitchers running. One of them I posted on Facebook slash Instagram. Um, and it was name that runner. And it was pitcher Roy MVP Shoki Murakami. Yeah. So he also, what he did was when he finished his jog, he just jogged down where most of the players walk past the fans. He just kept on jogging. And so anytime anyone said autograph, please, like he was just in jogging mode. So he avoided <laughs> signing anything. Right. Smart. Good move on his part. Yeah. So then I walked in, um, went and watched some stretching and warming up, uh, watched a little bit of BP or fielding practice, all kinds of stuff, just kind of standard stuff. But when you watch your guys, right, like watching Sato field grounders, watching how Kinami is able to so effortlessly throw the ball to first base, uh, stuff like that. You just get to see it right up close. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I got to see like Onodera doing a bit of bunting practice and somebody else around the same time. Well, anyhow, um, in walks Sheldon, noisy. And I'll kind of just do the Sheldon anecdote and then maybe we can end the show because we're going long. Sheldon walks in, right? And he's he's with his interpreter. And then after a while, he's playing catch, right? As I said, then he took some BP. And then I saw him walking with his interpreter. And I heard him say something. And again, I'm maybe like four rows up in the stand. So yes. I'm close enough to hear, but not 100%. But I thought I heard him say something like, oh, your English sucks anyways. Or like, can you even speak English? And he wasn't saying it in a degrading way. It was just, you know, joking around as players mm -hmm. tend to do. Uh-huh. But I heard him say it. So I yelled out from the stands and I didn't care what the Japanese fans around me thought. And I was like, yo, Sheldon, if you need an interpreter, I can take over anytime. Right? <laughs> well and, done, uh, then the fans around, like after they walked away, the fans were like, what did you say? And so then I, I had to explain the background of what he said first. Otherwise, they'd be like, who do you think you are? Right? Right, right. So I explained his joke and then I said, that's how I responded. 
Well, anyways, then the players started to kind of clear out a little bit. And me and the guy, I, the, the other fan I've been sitting with all day that I also hung out with at the farm um, practices, um, I said to him, I was like, hey, I want to go grab some lunch so that I can finish eating and be back for their final, like the Nakano final speech and then their final, yup, right? That they do at the end. Yeah. Ipponjime, yeah. So we walked back to the general food area. And this is like my first time seeing the food since two years ago or since the last time I was there, which was ages ago. <laughs> okay. I'm looking around at what they have. As I'm looking around, in walks Sheldon Noisy and his interpreter, right? So my buddy who I'm with, he's already eaten. He's not super hungry. And so he goes up right away and asks Noisy for an autograph and a picture, and he gets it right away. Nice. Okay. That's the first domino, though, bro. That was the first domino. Because then... Fans were like, oh, Noisy's here and he's signing. So Noisy, meanwhile, is kind of like looking around to see what kind of food there is because typically he's not buying his food from there. But it's the last right. day. I'm assuming that's yeah. why he's there. He wants to get some fan food, whatever. Local food, yeah. Yeah. So he's looking around at stuff and people are just coming up to him and he's like, oh yeah. And he's kind of looking at the food and he signs, looks for the picture and then keeps looking around for food, right? This is going on for like five minutes at least, if not more. He's, uh -huh. he's trying to get focused on getting food and eating, <laughs> and he has no chance to do it. Finally, he turns to the fans, and of course, he says it in English because that's all he knows. And he goes, I'm just going to grab some food, and then I promise I'll sign autographs, right? So just wait, please. I just need to get some food. So he yeah. finally lines up and gets a butamang, and I think he got like another like chicken dong or something like that, right? Then he sits down, and the lineup just comes instantly. Well, meanwhile, bro... I'll backtrack a bit. As he was looking for food and and kind of distracted and signing autographs, I just I chatted up his interpreter. Nice. Do you know you know the one that looks like Oyama's little brother? That's so yeah, I think that every time I see him. Yeah, that one. His name yeah. his name is Tora. Um <clears throat> great name, right? It's a perfect name for the yeah. job. So I'm just talking to him, right? And uh you know, because he heard my comment about like, oh, I'll, I'll do Tsuyaku if, you know, if this guy's no good. Right? So right, right, now right. I'm talking to him face to face. Yeah. Um, but actually, he's the guy uh, that handed me some autographed baseballs from Justin Bohr four years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that story. I don't know if you all remember that story. But yeah, so Bohr signed some baseballs for my sons. And then Tora is the guy that brought it into the stands this is during COVID, right? So there's very right. few fans. And I, I basically, I texted Bohr's wife and said, this is where I'm sitting. And then she texted Tora and said, can you get, you know, these signed baseballs to this guy? So he remembered this, obviously. No. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Not until, oh. well, I, for, the first thing I said when I went up to him was, do you remember me? And he's like, I don't think so. And I said, okay, well, four years ago, this and this and this happened. He's like, oh, I think maybe I remember that. So he still wasn't like, you know, okay. flued in. So we keep talking anyways. And I was like, hey, how are things going? You know, like, was that your first year with the team? He's like, no, that was my second year. And I asked how the job was. And he's like, yeah, well, my English still isn't that good. And my pronunciation and blah, blah, blah. So he kind of admitted his English is fine. It's not like native, but it's good. So yeah. then I just asked him, I was like, hey, do, do you speak Spanish too? And he's like, oh, un poquito, right? Just mm -hmm. a few words. I was like, well, how do you communicate with Miesis then? Like, do you ever have to interpret for him? And does he speak English? So I kind of got that insider info. And he's like, right. basically, no, he doesn't speak English much at all. Like just a few words. So it's mm -hmm. my few words of Spanish, my few words of English that he understands and his few words of English that he can speak. And we just kind of make it happen. Like there's other interpreters that speak Spanish. Right, right, right. right. But 
with him, that's one of the areas that he falls a bit short, I guess. So what do you think I should ask as a follow-up question after that? If, if Mia says doesn't speak English, what's my next question, man? Well, who communicates with him then? Well, that's less interesting than, well, the one Dominican player doesn't speak English. Well, how about... Javier. Yes, that's the next question. Panamanian, though, I believe. Yes. So native language would still be Spanish. Yep. But he does speak English. So that's the good news. Right. Well, he played at MLB, so... Right, right. And MSS was only um, AAA. But um, there's some hope that maybe we can get Javi on the show at some point. I didn't ask the interpreter because then he would say, oh, I have to go through team channels, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. You don't want to do that. But I did give him my business card at that point. Uh-huh. And I told him I'm not only interested in the foreign players, but I'm also interested in interpreters. Uh-huh. When I give him my business card and he sees the H10 logo, he goes, oh, you're that guy. <laughs> okay, that's where it came. Yeah. Yeah. You're the one who's interviewing the foreign players. And one part of me is going, oh, no, is he going to say that the team doesn't like this or what? You know, because they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they want money from this. stuff. He didn't say anything. He's just like, oh, now I know who you are. Okay. And then I said, yeah, like I did interviews with like Gunkle and stuff. He goes, oh, yeah, Gunkle, Gunkle. Yeah, he was a good guy. And I was like, yeah, he sure was. And, um, So he actually said like some of the stuff that I do actually helps him brush up on his English too. So. That's oh, cool. cool. There you go. Making a yeah. difference, making an impact. So I'm serving the community both inside and outside the team. So win-win. Um, okay. So anyways, back to the, the noisy thing. So that was while noisy was just looking for food. Then I had bought food too, right? Because I that was my purpose for going there. So I sat down with my food and my buddy sat across from me and he had like just a little something. And then when noisy grabbed his food, he sat with us. No like, way right beside my buddy and right like diagonal across from me. But as I said, there's like this huge lineup of fans all of a sudden, probably about a hundred. And remember like it's the last day and sure. most of the fans are at the, at the stadium, not at the food area. So any fan that was in the vicinity though, they were there. So he's signing, signing, signing. Remember he said he was just grabbing a bite to eat, to eat. He did not eat a bite. Man, what a nice guy. Yeah, he just kept signing and all of a sudden Torah, his translator, interpreter comes up to him and goes, hey, we got to go. And he's like, what do you mean got to go? What do we got? And Torah's like, we got a meeting, right? So I'm assuming they had like a quick meeting just to explain how the final Ipponjime works, right? Uh -huh. Whatever. So um, noisy. So goes, you okay. never saw him eating his butama? No, I'll, I'll get to that in just a second too. But he goes to the fans. He goes, okay, I only have time to sign three more and then I got I to gotta go. I'm really sorry. So he signed three. He got up, he grabbed his butaman. And I won't, I won't drop the language that he used, but he goes, how do I eat this? Mm -er, like effer. Uh, do I just like <laughs> pound or do I just pound this effing thing in my mouth is kind of what he said, right? I was like, oh, <laughs> like very, very casual language. But yeah, he didn't know how to eat the butaman, but he bought it. But he said that as he's leaving, right? Yeah. And I'm sure I'm the only one there who understood what he said besides Torah. Um, well, then one more like female fan, maybe I would guess like 18 years old or so, right? Comes up to him and she's got a ball. And she's like, oh, sign please. And he just, he just looked her like right in the eyes. And he was very, you know, very kind. But he said, I'm sorry, but if I sign this and I got to sign for everyone and I can't. And he left. So I didn't even get a picture with him. I was assuming too, like, ah, I'll have my time with him because he's sitting right diagonally across from me and he, 
he'll want to talk to me because I'm the only person at this camp that understands him. But <laughs> oh, I did throw in a few words here and there. I kind of chatted up with him a bit, but not much. Uh huh. And I assumed he knew who, who I was. So I didn't, I don't want to go in, you know, and the first thing I say to someone is, hey, do you know who I am? Because, you know, he's the star, not me. So, but he knows who I am. I'm sure he does because I've met his wife before and now I met his translator and I'm sure the translator said at least something like, do you know who They're that talking was? About or, you now. Yeah, They're talking yeah. about you now. Very possibly. So there you have it. That was the big uh, highlight of camp for me was that. It's a cool story. Yeah. Great. Um, all this to say, um, especially if you speak Japanese, anyone out there, but even if you don't, and if you get a chance to go to those camps and if you have any shot at seeing any foreign player like they're usually pretty happy to talk to the fans that can speak english because you got to remember especially for the first year guys which noisy isn't but they're in a new country mm -hmm. doing new workouts with a new team in a language they don't understand and the only person they have that can understand them basically is their interpreter and again their level of english is anywhere from close to native to barely passable but they're also not from the same cultural background. So when they hear that familiar cadence, if you will, or those familiar calls from the, from the, from the crowd in a native English voice, they perk up, they notice, and they like it. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. So Sanjay, I fully expect, now that I've given a more than detailed account of the Japan Ball Tour, that your interest in going next year, at the very least, your interest has increased. My interest has increased by 200%. Wonderful. I, I should have gotten it up further, but we'll, we'll work on that. Um, but for anyone <laughs> well, else, it was high there, to begin with. <laughs> well, then that's comforting. Um, yeah. So for anyone else out there though that is interested or wants to hear more about it, like if you go to japanball.com and the link will be in the show notes, um, there's been a daily recap of every uh, day of the tour, and then also on their social media as well. So you can check that out, and they have like free newsletters that you can sign up for. You can sign up even just to express interest in the 2025 spring tour and i can promise you this because i've worked for them for what seven years we don't try to trick people into coming so just because you sign up for a newsletter or for whatever it doesn't mean anything and there's zero pressure zero to actually do it like if you can't you just say it and they say fine do you want to stay on the newsletter and if you say no then you're off and if you say yes they'll just keep sending the newsletter and they don't mind at all it's a very family friendly um and like just small time in a good way operation. Yeah, I've been on the mailing list for longer than you've been there, T-Ray, and mm. I can vouch for that, that they're definitely uh, low pressure, you know, very friendly, very welcoming, and it's a very fun community to be a part of. Yeah, they're not chasing dollars. They're definitely all about building community. And so if you are a fan of Japanese baseball, which I'm assuming you are, if you're here, <laughs> and you're still listening, wow, um, then definitely check that out. And again, those, uh, those links will be in the show notes. Well, my man, I think we have talked more than long enough. So shall we wrap this bad boy up? I think we better. Then that's a wrap for another episode of H10. Thanks for tuning in. And if you haven't gotten your fill of us, I find it hard to believe, but we're out there on the internet in all the usual places. We've got the website, which crashed for five days. My apologies. It's back up. Patreon, X, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. There might be more soon. 
I'm going to be writing a daily sports column about the Japan Ball Tour in Japanese, but the English version will be on the website too, so check all that stuff out. Thanks to Infraction for the theme music and show, as always, for mixing this show and making it sound a lot better than it actually is when we record it. Appreciate you so much. Sanjay, thanks for joining today, as always. Thanks for having me. Arempa, yade. It is Arempa time. Catch you all next time. Go Tigers. <laughs>